But now it's, it's time to talk transformation, not transformation in sport in general, but transformation in rugby. Zola Ntokoma, the Soweto Rugby Club manager, joining us uh, in studio here on FM 104-107. He's a former club rugby player, started in KwaZulu-Natal in 1989, and then uh, moved up to the city of Gold, Gauteng, um, in general, in 1995 to play here. In 2008, he played in George and then uh, retired, uh, retiring because he had to take over administration and voice out what we stood for. Zola, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us in studio on this Saturday afternoon. It's uh, a conversation that's going to center around the black rugby in Biza that's set for the end of April. What is that all about? <laughs> thank you very much, Nick, and uh, to your listeners at home. Um, firstly, let me start by saying that uh, there's a whole lot of... Uh, Black or township uh, rugby tournaments in the country that uh, normally takes place uh, on your Easter weekends, on your heritage uh, in September. Um, I think, firstly, <coughs> that's how this meeting that will be uh, hosted here in Johannesburg on the 26th until the 29th of April has come about. It came out of uh, all those caucus meetings that took place uh, every time when we go and meet, probably go play uh, in Cape Town for the Easter weekend um, with the, the the guys from Cape Town, Lagunya. Uh, this time it was in uh, Kais Kamahook uh, in the Eastern Cape. And um, the Heritage normally plays at the University of Fort Hare. Uh, so those are traditional tournaments. And uh, at the same time as administrators when we engage, uh, we normally or usually discuss uh, rugby uh, issues uh, that are not uh, uh, taking place as we desire, um, not only as administrators, but in the whole totality of uh, the game itself. So that's how this meeting uh, came about, Nick. All right, so, so this black rugby in Bezo, are, are there going to be any white people there? <laughs> this this in Bizo, it's uh, it, it's it's open for everyone, uh, any race, but um, uh, it, it it talks to the black rugby issues, uh, because if you remember back in the days in the apartheid uh, era, uh, there was uh, non-racial uh, groups, there was uh, white rugby board or black rugby board back in those days. Um, so in terms of the challenges currently, since we're in 2013, um, the feeling is that uh, the 120 years or over 120 years uh, history of rugby in this country, we are still faced with the same challenges as black people, hence the name black rugby in Bizo. But per se, it's not only meant for, or <clears throat> for, for, for a particular race. Um, everyone is open to attend, um, but specifically will be dealing with the issues that um, black or so-called township or rural rugby is faced with in terms of uh, your transformation, in terms of marginalization, um, in terms of lack of opportunities and, and, and so on. Well, rugby transformation is a subject that regularly gets spoken about not only on this show but, but in South Africa. Talk is cheap. When are we going to see action? I, I suppose that's exactly what the Black Rugby in Visa is about. When are we going to see the removal of, of quotas and an actual transformation taking place from the grassroots right up to the senior level? It, it, it's not just about having a certain number of black players in the Springbok side, but seeing a transformation across the whole spectrum. <laughs> 
already the 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 the, 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 the what, what what do you say? <laughs> already the motto for this uh, uh, meeting or this conference, it's, it's it's called the transformation in action in 2013. Um, this is this meeting. I think it will be completely different from the other meetings that uh, especially SRIP has held. They normally have their transformation uh, conferences, of which um, to us it's talk shop uh, that they normally have. Uh, it's an excuse for some of them to go to hotels and, and, and just enjoy whatever that is there in those hotels. Uh, but in terms of implementing, there's nothing that really comes out of it. So with this one, what is different? Everything that would be discussed today, the key factor on this one would be how are we going to implement and when. So whatever declarations or whatever <coughs> submissions that would be made whatever adoptions that would be made in this or out of this meeting the key factor would be how and when if you just joined us here on SAFM Sports Special we're joined in studio by Zola in Tlokoma so we're a rugby club manager and they're hosting your black rugby in Bizo later on in April and we'll be chatting about rugby transformation across the uh, sports spectrum in South Africa now talk about the Soweto Rugby Club's role in this all. You guys have been going for many a year. You're based in 26 Majova Street, Dobsonville, Soweto. Your origins, your origins. Uh, yeah, where did you start and where do you stand today? Let, let, let us not uh, go to 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 <laughs> to Soweto Rugby Club because uh, um, firstly I think I need to correct that I'm not mandated by Soweto Rugby Club in terms of this meeting. Um, Soweto Rugby Club, I think it, if it's, it do sends someone or it does mandate uh, someone into this meeting, um, they would avail that person. But I'm here as a convener, as one of the conveners basically, that have been uh, appointed or, or elected to, to, to convene this, such, uh, this meeting, the, the, such meeting of this magnitude. Um, Soweto Rugby Club, I don't know what would be their participation or what their involvement in this, um, but maybe just to answer the light on the lighter note, the <coughs> the origins of Soweto Rugby Club. Soweto Rugby Club was formed, if you remember, in 1992 as part of the amalgamation of other clubs uh, after the unity talks. That's how Soweto Rugby Club was uh, wa- 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 was formed. It was a formation of. Um, other clubs that were around in Soweto because let's remember back in the days even in the 1960s the mine workers in Soweto they played rugby in Soweto it existed at that time but unfortunately <coughs> it falls under that category of uh, black rugby that doesn't get an opportunity to to be documented um, that type of a history we, we, we only find it on those legends or those veterans who are still alive but it's not documented anyway um, unfortunately, of which it's, it's, it's what likely happens even nationally if you check in terms of black rugby. Uh, like two weeks ago or a week ago, there was um, <coughs> a, a museum in Cape Town. Uh, you see, they're dominantly it's white Springboks or it's white captains or whatever, whatever it, it, it was. But if you really check, there's a whole lot of legends who've played in that Leopards team, which was, according to us, it was equivalent to the black, or to, to the, it was equivalent to the white Springbok uh, team at that time. Uh, what about those captains? Um, what about 
the people who've contributed in the game over the 120 years, there's, there's best administrators uh, that came out of the game who came from the rural areas, who came from the townships. Uh, like here in Johannesburg at Faraday. Uh, Faraday now, it, 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 that's where now we've got our M, is it M1 or N1 going on top of it. But there was a rugby field there back in the days before there was that highway there. There was a rugby club there that consisted of people who came from Grahamstown and so on, who were working in the mines around uh, the Johannesburg region. But what about those people? You found out back in the days then you you, you had <coughs> people like uh, <coughs> Mr. Mjesha, he's late, uh, whereby you were told that this is a very, very smart or intelligent administrator who came <coughs> from Grahamstown as well, who knew each and every player in this country in terms of which township he knew all the fly-ups or who knew each and every player how good they are they are playing for which team they are working for which mine or for which company where they're coming from and so on um but that is not documented uh you find a situation whereby when you find books that are written maybe that are trying to to, to write black history um when you consult with the existing veterans who are still alive uh, they will tell you that probably maybe some of the information that is there in those uh, books, uh, like I don't want to quote one uh, of, of which it, it, it exists. I think it, it, it's called Forgotten Heroes. I've, I've just browsed through it. I didn't really apply my mind and really read um, that because uh, the background where I'm coming from, I was told that the history that is written there in terms of black rugby is not true. Zola. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's no doubt that there needs to be serious change when it comes to the landscape of South African rugby in South Africa. We want it to be truly transformative. It's a difficult question, but briefly tell me, what needs to happen when we can really experience proper transformation? When we have not only black players playing for the Springboks, we already have that, but rugby being played in townships across the length and breadth of, the, uh, length and breadth of South Africa. I think, firstly, we need to be honest as South Africans. Um, in some circles within the black rugby, we 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 calling there are people who are calling or who are pushing uh, for the the rugby TRC uh, truth and reconciliation type of a situation within rugby. Uh, that's why I started by saying that we need to be honest as South Africans, uh, because I think the process that took place in 1992 when uh, they said it was unit uh, talks. Uh, there were stuff that were promised to black people uh, but in essence in terms of uh, is that being uh, implemented or uh, or why is not being implemented if it's not implemented there's no one who really accounts so that's why I go back to my saying that honesty we need to be honest Rugby is being perceived in this country as a unifying sport that has united us in 1995 uh, when Tata Mandela <coughs> was at the podium uh, wearing the jersey number six. There was a movie that came out of it. Oh, Invictus. Um, so, really, I, honesty, I think we need to be honest. If 1992 there were issues that were put on the table, for example, your social or your structural reforms, in terms of transforming rugby, what has really stopped that, starting from 1992, for, for, for us to be in 2013 and still um, playing the old tape and repeating and saying that in 1992, development and its 
let's say uh, this is what was promised to black people to say that development and its ownership belong to townships but if you look now is that the true reflection of what is happening now currently um, in terms of resources the infrastructure and so on um, those imbalances uh, you, you, you wouldn't blame rugby per se for those imbalances because I think those structures or those issues were the issues that were handled by the apartheid government at that time hence you find that in, in, in a white school you'll find that there's about six or eight rugby fields in one school so obviously there you will develop rugby players better than um, yeah, a, town, a township with, uh, with no rugby fields or a mud rugby pitch exactly and then if there are in the townships uh, rugby fields again for another example if I may make another example then we find that township kids they have to walk something like 10 up to 30 kilometers to access rugby mm. which is completely different from our counterparts uh, whereas they don't walk to access rugby but rugby is there where mm. they are um, I, think, I, I think we need to look into how do we fix those imbalances mm. then comes <coughs> another important issue of which um, it talks about the rugby now is serious business the way it's professionalized um, how many of us or as black people who are accessing or who are part of those transactions that are happening there mm. so that uh, we inspire the kids in the townships and we make sure that uh, uh, those resources or that wealth it also infiltrates to wider scale or wider mm. Uh, mm. range of areas those are issues that we need to really look into but I wouldn't <laughs> preempt in terms of what is going to happen to this conference or to this meeting Okay, well, it's been a very uh, interesting conversation to say the least with you, Zolan Konyama. I hope that it all comes to the fore at the, the Black Rugby in Bizo that's, that's happening later on this month. Very briefly, um, when is it happening? Where? How can we get involved if you want to attend? This conference, um, the delegates will be coming from all over provinces uh, with a mandate, obviously, from black clubs or whatever, township clubs or rural clubs. Um, per province it will be three delegates uh, this will be happening 26th until the 29th of April uh, it will be here in Johannesburg but in terms of the exact location where it would happen, I don't know, maybe it might happen under the tree somewhere in the bushes <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, that's about it um, I think um, as soon as uh, those logistics in terms of the exact location are mm -hmm. finalized uh, then you you probably yourself in your sports bulletin, and then you will be notified, and then you will okay. you will make an announcement. Fantastic. Well, Zola, I wish you the very best of luck. Uh, some of the things you were chatting about, the problems that we're experiencing in implementing transformation in rugby, just mirrors some of the social problems that we have across all sectors of uh, this lovely country of ours. We'll need to work together to uh, address them and. Let's just hope that in the future you have passionate people like you to address matters like this. No, thank you very much, Nick. All right, Zolan Kloyama joining us in our SAFM uh, studio on the sixth floor of the SABC.